Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. During worship, um, I, I felt like, um, I just want to say this before I get to the message. I felt like maybe there were some people here and you feel like you are, you've disqualified yourself from being used by God. And I feel like the Lord's saying to you um, that you are not disqualified and he still has a plan, purpose, and destiny for you. And I don't know what it is that makes you feel that way, but um, if you would, everyone just put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for every individual in this house, Lord. God, I think that each person carries a unique a unique and individual call, purpose, plan, and destiny, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you're never done with us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the Redeemer. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would reignite dreams in our hearts, Lord God. Reignite those things. And God, would you bring them to completion in our lives, Lord God. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on. All right. Well, this morning, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about a lifestyle of praise. Um, lately, the Lord's been doing um, a work in me where he's, uh, where I'm in situations that would normally kind of throw me off. And, you know, you know, there's a certain people or situations that they just, that has, they have your number, right? That's like your trigger. That's your thing. And I feel like what the Lord is doing in me is he's, um, he's raising my bar to be able to have a lifestyle of praise in, in uh, greater and greater situations. You know, I was talking to my wife about this last night, and of course, um, we have a measure of influence, and it's actually really the Lord's grace that he doesn't let your level of influence rise above what you're able to handle. How many know that getting promoted into a position that you don't have the grace to, to be in is a really bad thing? You know, we, so many times we want more, we want more, but I'm thankful for the years and the seasons of life where we were not promoted beyond what we had the grace to handle. I was telling Emily last night, there was, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have been able to lead a church and to preach to people had this been a few years earlier. I needed all that time of preparation. Well, where the Lord is taking us, where the Lord's taking you individually, he wants to prepare us to walk in greater things. How many want greater influence, greater capacity, greater leadership, right? We want those things we have to grow in character. And one of the ways we do that is a lifestyle of praise, a lifestyle of gratitude to the Father. So I want to talk about what does that look like and what are the supernatural benefits of having a lifestyle of praise um, as a believer, okay? Um, when we have a lifestyle of praise, we learn how to, to praise and worship and have that attitude of just the awareness of God's presence in the good and the bad and in the ugly, right? Um, it's easy to praise God in the good times. Actually, Speaking of God limiting things, you know, he won't give us more than you can handle. Sometimes it's in the good times that you forget about, you can forget about God too and forget about his worthiness. And sometimes it's hard to praise through those difficult times. Um, for different people, those are different, um, I feel like I'm not saying this correctly, but I think you're getting the idea. For some people, it's hard to praise in the good times. For some people, it's hard to praise in the bad times. Sometimes going through something hard reminds you of God and you go back to praise. And for some of us, it's hard to praise in the good times. So we need to learn how to praise in the good, the bad, and the ugly. We want to have a lifestyle of praise. Okay. So um, I told this joke in our staff meeting on Tuesday, and I didn't get enough mileage out of it. <laughs> in fact, my wife didn't even hear it. So I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? 
What happens when life gives you COVID? You make Covenade, okay? The title of my sermon today is called Covenade. Okay, Covenade. Make Covenade. Um, COVID has happened to all of us, whether you've had COVID or not. Um, we've been in a season, but we can make COVIDate. Why? Because whenever you're in a season where there's opposition, there's an opportunity to praise God through that storm. So I don't know if this season has been hard for you. Maybe it's been great for you. You know, actually, I would say this year, 2020 has been like a crazy year for most people, I think. For us, 2019 was actually harder because we, we had a bad car accident. My wife had a couple surgeries. So in spite of everything that's gone on this year, we actually like this year better than last year. So <laughs> that's how bad last year was. No, <laughs> no a, lot of, a lot of good things happened too. But listen, um, I, heard, I heard Bill Johnson talking about this. And the Bible talks about there, we were to give to the Lord a sacrifice of praise. Well, how many know that in heaven, when we see Jesus in, in his glory, we see God in, his, in the beauty of his holiness, it's not going to be hard to praise him. Like, that'll be a reaction. The, the reaction to seeing God's holiness, to seeing his beauty, is to praise him. So here on earth, there is at times a sacrifice of praise. At times, it is difficult to bring a praise to God because of the situation that we're going through. There, are, there is a um, season that we're in now that you won't be able to give this praise to God when you're in heaven. Amen? So, now, we don't praise God for the storm, but we do praise God that he will bring us through the storm. Amen? Okay, so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Psalms chapter 8. Uh, we're going to just focus on verses 1 and 2. Psalms 8 is a great psalm, by the way. He's reading that whole thing. It's amazing. You should highlight it, underline it. All right, it says this. Um, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the, avenge, the avenger. Let me say that one more time. Verse two, through the praises of children and infants, right? Come on. How many children of God do we have here? You have established a stronghold, a strong place against your enemies. And by the way, his, your enemies are his enemies and his enemies are your enemies. Against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Okay? Through praise and worship, God establishes a stronghold against his enemies, the enemies that are against you. Okay? Um, children, and, and, and of course this of course, is maybe even more applicable to literally the children, because Jesus quoted this, and we'll read it here in a minute, in the New Testament, as it pertains to literal children. Um, so that's an important verse I don't want to totally pull out of context here. But children and infants are seemingly, I'm not saying they are, but seemingly insignificant and, and weak, right? Through God's children, we are seemingly weak and insignificant people. And in and of ourselves, there's nothing we can produce. Through the praises of God's people, he establishes a stronghold against his enemies, your enemies. Amen? Um, <clears throat> go ahead and put up that picture. This is, a, um, this is a bunker. This is a stronghold. Gently used bunker <laughs> with one owner, you know? Okay. Some of you are like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's my life right there. But listen, at least it's a stronghold. At least it's a place where, man, that thing got pelted. This is actually the scripture I was thinking of during worship. 
And when we, when we praise God, he establishes a stronghold against his enemies. This is, a, this is a stronghold, of course, where you could, it'd be very hard to come against this fortified position, right? Um, but this is many times what our life is like. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Pers- uh, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen? Okay. But if we didn't have that fortification that God wants to have, we would be crushed and we would be destroyed, okay? God wants to establish a stronghold in your life, a stronghold of praise where he would oppose um, the enemy of your soul, okay? How do we do this? We do it through praise, okay? This stronghold, what does this look like? It's, it's a stronghold here in my heart. I, I want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might in my heart, in my mind, in my world around me, Okay? Um, when we praise God, it establishes a stronghold against his enemies. How many want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? I do. One of the ways we do this is through praise. I want to so be acquainted with praising God that my knee-jerk reaction in any situation is just to give him glory and to give him praise, okay? I want to be ready in season and out of season, okay? For the believer, Praise is serious business, okay? All right, so uh, let's go ahead and read uh, Matthew 21, 14 through 16. Jesus quoted, uh, he's quoting Psalms 8-2 in Matthew 21, 16. And I just want to kind of firm up this idea of praise in our lives and put a little more meat on the bone for you today. But Jesus, Jesus said this when he quoted this verse in Matthew 21, 14 through 16. It says, uh, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indig- indignant. Do you hear what these children are, are, are saying? They asked him, yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, Lord, you have called forth your praise. Okay, God, many times in our lives, he calls forth praise. We're in a season where God, there's a, there's a, there's a type of sound, there's a type of praise where God is calling forth um, praise. Um, I believe this this season, this year, this generation, there is a particular sound, there's a particular um, type of praise that God wants to call forth out of us individually and out of us corporately. Uh, how many know that throughout church history, there were different, God put songs and anointings on different worship leaders to write music? Well, listen, there's a song of the Spirit that God wants to release in you. Um, remember last week, we talked about, uh, we were talking about the, the spirit of adoption last week, and we talked about the fact that um, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it says that no one can say, um, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. To say Jesus is Lord with conviction, it is actually a work of the Holy Spirit that makes it happen. Um, also in uh, Romans 8.15, it says that by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. It is, it is by the conviction and the help of the Holy Spirit that we can recognize God as our Father. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Well, here it says that the Lord has called forth praise out of us. And we want to partner. Listen, you... you this, again, involves some of your partnership. We want to partner with God in such a way that when we're in a season, there's a sound and there is a, a song of praise that he's ordained to come from your life from this season. We want to partner with that voice. We want to partner with that anointing. When we do that, it establishes strongholds because God wants you strong in every season. 
in season and out of season, he wants you strong. It establishes a stronghold against his enemies, against your enemies. Amen? Okay, so let me, let's put a little more meat on the bone here and help you uh, get a picture of what this look, uh, looks like. <clears throat> the word praise in Matthew 21, 16, from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth praise. The word praise here actually means a story. Okay, to tell a story. When you're going through a difficult season, you're going through a trial, there are two ways to tell that story, right? There are two narratives that you can spend. There are two narratives for that story. One is complaining about the trial. One is going through and just having the wrong perspective. The other declares the glory of God's goodness in your life. There are two stories you can tell in every situation. What story do you want to tell? Listen, you can never, you can never over-exaggerate the goodness of God. You, you are not humanly capable to over-exaggerate how good God is, okay? So don't worry about, you can exaggerate, um, you know, you can embellish, of course, on a situation, but you can never over-exaggerate how good God is because you can't, you don't have the capacity to understand how good God is, amen? So you cannot praise his worth. You, you're not capable of overpraising what he is worthy of. But there are two stories in any situation. And there are two narratives, okay? What do you want your story to be? Remember the, uh, there was, um, when the children of Israel were going into the promised land, they got to Jericho. And, I'm sorry, it was before, before Jericho. They sent the spies into the land, right? So this is actually way before that. Uh, they spent the, sent the spies, the 12 spies, into the land to spy it out. All 12 of them went to the same place, right? 12 spies. They all, there was 12 of them. They all went to the same place. They all sit, saw the same thing, right? But when they returned, how many know there was two different stories, right? Okay, any and every situation in your life, there's two different stories that you can tell. One of them declares the glory of God's goodness in your life, praise. The other one focuses on yourself or the negativity of the situation. What do you want your story to be? Okay, Holding a place of praise establishes a fortified position in your life when you can't necessarily see where you're going. We want to hold on to praise because praise will lead us into good places. Praise will lead us into those fortified positions. <clears throat> uh, I'll give you an example that maybe would help, help you visualize this. Um, how many have ever seen those, those uh, guide dogs? I have a picture of one. Go ahead and put up. This is a guide dog, Okay. This guy can't see where he's going, but he's holding on to the dog, and the dog's going to lead him to good places, man. This is like praise in our lives. When we, we can't see where we're going, we can't see through the storm, but when we hold on to praise, it will lead us where we need to go. I also think it's somewhat significant. The dog's looking at the ladies to the, re- to the left here. <laughs> now, for you singles, this is something for you singles. You might be complaining about your season of singleness, or if you hold on to praise... Praise will lead you to the right places, right? Or lead you away from situations you shouldn't be part of, right? All right. Holding on to praise. By the way, if you're single, I was thinking about this this morning. Many times in the church, um, I think singles can feel like they're second-class second citizens because we talk so much about marriage and the importance of marriage. You are not a second-class citizen if you are single. You, yeah, amen. 
we talk about holy matrimony, marriage is holy. But listen, there is a singleness, uh, the holiness of singleness as well. So if you're in a season of singleness, God loves you. He's walking with you. You're amazing. You're not a second-class Christian. We don't need to get you married to make you a better Christian. You are just, amen. So be encouraged, okay? All right. All right. So are you holding on to praise or are you holding on to your mind, your will, your emotions? <clears throat> okay. Holding on to praise leads you in the good places. What does it look like to hold on to your emotions and the daily news cycle? Have you held on, have you held on to that lately? The daily news cycle? That ain't going to lead you anywhere good. That's not going to lead you to a fortified position. Or the tyranny of the urgent, like you're just busy and it's like, I'm holding on to this and it's going to lead you, it's going to be chaos, okay? But if we hold on to praise, it'll lead you into good, good places, fortified places. Um, I have an illustration of what it looks like to hold on to the daily news cycle, to hold on to your emotions, to hold on to the tyranny of the urgent. Um, this is what that look, what looks like. Go ahead and roll that video. canine breeds because it has the ability to act as a seeing eye for the visually disabled a task no animal was capable of that is until now thanks to modern training techniques here at the animal psychology unit in Barnstead the world of the visually disabled has become that much more assured since the introduction of the guide cat <laughs> Trained to a very high standard, the guide cat will lead its master along safely, making a wide detour of natural hazards. The guide cat is ever aware that its first duty is the care and safety of its master. The guide cat is also trained to remain poised and calm, whatever the price. stop and wait for a number 53 bus. He can also calculate distances and always chooses the most desirable route home. And that busy highways can be a danger to life and limb. Until at last, it guides its thankful master back to the security and comfort of his own home. <laughs> All right. That's what it looks like to be led by your emotions, by the daily news cycle, right? And not led by praise. Emotions are high up in the tree, emotions are low down below the car. Amen. <laughs> okay. Now, emotions aren't bad. I've said this before. Emotions aren't bad, but you just don't let them drive the car, right? Emotions are like children. You don't let them drive the car, but you also don't put them in the trunk. Put them in the back seat. Don't let them drive the car. They can let you know how you're doing. Emotions let you know how you're doing, but we don't let them drive the car. Amen? Check your emotions, okay? They're not in control. <clears throat> All right. Uh, <clears throat> So what does this look like? Let's, let's, uh, let's get into some application here. What does it look like to praise through a storm? What does it look like to hold on to praise, to lead us into that fortified position that the Bible talks about? Um, lately, 
uh, I've been doing a fair amount of landscaping. It started with, there was, a, there was a bush in our front yard, and we're like, let's trim this bush. And then a couple of our bushes were dead, and we're like, let's pull those out. And now we've turned into a, a full front yard land, you know, overhaul, which is more than I want to do this summer. I'd rather be hiking, by the way. <clears throat> My wife has hiked four 14ers. I haven't done one yet. So, but we're going to do one, we're, we're doing one tomorrow, so that's going to be good. But I've been doing landscaping, I'm working really hard on landscaping because I, you know, I'm, I don't know. Once I get into something, I got I to gotta go for it. So anyway, I'm doing landscaping, building retaining wall, moving rock and stuff like that. I need to bring in more fill dirt and different things. And so I have a neighbor who lives uh, to the north side of us, and he sees that, he knows I don't have a truck. So I have to borrow it every time I want to move, you know, rock or something. I have to call someone and borrow it. I've borrowed like several trucks just to get dirt and, and uh, rocks and stuff to my house. So he's like, hey, if you ever, I have, another, I have a second truck. If you ever want to borrow my second truck, you can borrow it to get dirt and, you know, landscaping and rocks and that kind of stuff. I'm like, great. So later that day, I'm like, hey, can I borrow your truck? <laughs> Literally like a couple hours later. And so he's like, yeah, that's fine. So he gives me his keys. Now I want to like show my neighbor I'm a trustworthy guy. And he can let me borrow his truck anytime. And I'm going to bring it back, you know, in the condition that it was taken in. So I, I go to the landscaping place and I pay for a yard of, you know, rock. They have me pull into the place. And my neighbor just said, hey, just make sure you put a tarp down in the back. You know, when they put anything over it, that way it's easy to clean out or whatever. And so I pull into the area, the load zone, and... I get out of the car, and I'm holding the tarp down, and they pour the rock in. And the guy drives off, you know, in the, in the loader. And I'm like, great, ready to go. Let's get this show on the road. And I go to get in the car and the truck, and the truck is locked. And it's running. And it's like 90 degrees out. And I go around to the other side. It's locked. The windows are locked. Everything's locked. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then the place closes, so it's like, it's like 4 o'clock, they're closing, and I'm just standing there in their yard with a running truck full of rocks. And I'm just trying to get something done, right? So luckily I had my phone on me. I call Emily, I'm like, hey, can you go see if the neighbor has a spare key? And I need you to bring me that key. So she goes over there, asks him for a key. He does not have a spare key for that truck. And so I'm like, okay, well... That's not good. Can you, can you call the locksmith for me? Because this is where I'm at. Get the locksmith. So um, she calls the locksmith, and she's like, yeah, it's going to be about 30 minutes. So I'm just standing here. It's like 90 degrees out. The truck's running. I'm like, please don't overheat while I'm sitting here. And I have like 30 minutes to just wait, you know, for this guy to come. And as I'm standing there, um, and by the way, he came and unlocked the truck, and my landscaping project just became $90 more expensive. So... While I'm standing there, I'm thinking, um, I once heard a story where Paul and Silas, they were in prison, and they had chains on. And when they praised, like, the chains fell off. I'm like, maybe I should try that. I could put some, I'm going to put some worship music on. This is like a situation where I, I, I just, frankly, I wanted to cuss. But I'm going to praise, <laughs> and instead of cuss, I'm going to praise, okay? So, and then I'm thinking... So I praised for a bit, and I'm like, okay, God, you're, worthy. you're always worthy of worship, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day. This is one of those days for sure. And then I remember the story of, like, Jericho, where they, you know, they, they marched around the city, 
seven times. I'm like, let's march around the truck seven times and maybe the door will unlock or something. I'm like, this would be such a cool testimony, right? (laughs) Tell everyone about this. (laughs) So, um, or, you know, I'm standing there, I'm like, maybe if this is a divine appointment, I'm supposed to be held up. Maybe there's someone that's walking by who needs to be prayed for or told about the Lord. This is how I think, by the way. This is a good way to think. If you're, if you're inconvenienced, like, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be here. Maybe I'm supposed to talk to that guy. You're in the hospital already. Maybe you're supposed to talk to a nurse, right? Um, anyway, nothing like that happened. But I did feel like the Lord was like, Kurt, you are busy. You are running around. You are frantic. You need to get a hold of praise. You need to slow down a little bit and get a hold of praise. Listen, praise, because we, this is in the Bible, praise and worship many times will change the, the situation. The chains will fall off. The walls will fall down. There's breakthrough in the situation. But many times, praise isn't the external situation that will change, but it's something that needs to change in here. It will always make you better and it will always change your perspective. And so that day, I had a, a little bit of a recalibration. The Lord's like, Kurt, you're busy, busy. You, you know, I, it ended up being, this is the worst part of the story. I'm building this retaining wall. I needed the rocks for drainage. We went up and then I realized the wall's a little bit too high. It didn't look that good. So I took off a layer and returned those stones. The rocks that I got, I didn't even need. So that was the worst part of the story. I didn't even need, so those rocks are now sitting on my driveway if any of you want them. So, but <laughs> the Lord's like, you're, you didn't even think like that you might not need these. You're just frantically running around trying to get things done. Uh, it reminded me of uh, the story of Mary and Martha. Okay, Mary and Martha. Let me read, just read this real quick. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It says this. Now it happened as they went, he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and there was a woman named Martha uh, welcomed him into, the, into their, her house. She had a sister called Mary, who, was also, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his, words, heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. I need some help. Tell my sister to get off her butt and help me. Okay, I'm doing all the work. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Okay, church, I know you're busy. I know you have responsibilities. I know you have bills. I know you have errands. I know you have children. I know you have distractions. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Amen? It's an election year. Crazy town election year. COVID is annoying. The daily news cycle is crazy. But listen, one thing, one thing is needed. Okay, don't be led by that cat. Don't be led by that cat. Be led by praise. One thing is needed. That day, I got a little sidetracked. I was letting emotions, news cycles, frantic busyness lead me. But because of an inconvenience, God used that to recalibrate my heart, to set my, to set my focus and let praise lead me, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Praise will lead you to fortified positions, to be fortified, okay? I'll conclude with this. Ephesians chapter 2, 6 says that we are seated, you and I, Christians, believers, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with him in heavenly places. I don't know what that, I don't even know how to fully describe that. We know he's in us, we're in him, but our perspective is not supposed to be from earth to heaven. It's supposed to be from heaven to earth. 
Amen. We're supposed to come above. That's this is what praise does for us. It brings us up to his throne. We're seated with him and lets us look at a perspective from his perspective. Amen. Okay. And you, you'll be amazed at many times the chains will fall off and the walls will fall down and the breakthrough will come and healing will happen. But if anything else, your perspective will change. You'll be seated with Christ in heavenly places and it will recalibrate you. Amen. Okay. So that's my encouragement to you today. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. When life gives you whatever, turn it into praise. Turn it into praise for our king. I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're gonna to practice this right now. We're going to go back into worship for a minute. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for today, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray for your, your saints, your beloved saints whom you love, Lord. God, I, I know that every person has these situations that we encounter where we get angry, where we get, um, our focus gets off you, Lord God. But we choose to focus on you. We choose to praise. We choose to have gratitude within the storm, Lord. And we thank you that you're the God of breakthrough. You're the God of power, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.